the man behind the hustling grind. This is pride, courage, determination, and perseverance. Welcome to No Looks Given. Welcome to the No Lucks Given podcast. Welcome back. I'm your co-host, Dana Keith, and my man... Brother Luck, the lucky brother, the luckiest of them all because I married the beautiful Tina Luck. Hey, you real lucky. Hey, Hey, (laughs) I I think she got the last name, Luck. But uh, look, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a special episode. We have a different setup, first and foremost. Uh, We're on the same side with the flip camera, so we're doing the IG Live so that our fans could listen in and actually follow along while the podcast is going. And I like this because we, we're able to um, interact with the fans a little bit differently with the IG Live. Well, and so, the best part, too, is is Instagram has such a better uh, platform when it comes to live. I think I think it's got a little bit more. But we can also we can also share this straight to Facebook once we're done. I, you know, I was trying to figure out, can we, can we stream live to two different platforms at the same time on the same device? And you can't. So we're going to stick with the uh, Instagram right now. And then we're going to share Using this the Facebook. microphone. Yeah, we're which gonna, is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way people, got, some, got the lab mics in here. That way they can hear us. And, uh, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have a good conversation. So this is what episode 12. Episode 12. We've episode done 12, 12 episodes. This is crazy. Episode 12. Um, this is good for me to hop in. And uh, if you guys are on Spotify, Apple, I'm a little behind. But, hey, don't get mad at me. Uh, I got some news, brother. I haven't told you this yet, but I'm, I'm going to just break it live. You got another kid coming, don't L- you? N- oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I don't think that was what it was. <laughs> you saw him sweating? He's sweating already. <laughs> <laughs> oh man what's I the can't. news come on you gotta tell us what's the All news right, look the news <laughs> the news is is that i got the audio synced up properly so the, okay. the test worked okay so that on the on the i, I know on the, all the youtube podcasts so far mm-hmm. when you watch the beginning the audio is good uh-huh and then towards the end once you get past the hour like the lip sync is is pretty off it's like a yeah. whole second <laughs> off i and, was wondering uh, it took a little while, so uh, so no kid tea, at least not yet, <laughs> until uh, further notice, um, but I, I'll let you know, cheers. Hey, you know and, what? Uh, that I mean, is hilarious. You caught me off guard. I wasn't, <laughs> I was not ready for that at all. The fans all. were ready. Look, they were ready. I, I see, I see, I see. Sheesh. Well, cheers. Cheers to not having another kid. <laughs> cheers, not yet, or and cheers to, right. to maybe. Well, I got the audio right, and then the other thing is, is that I made a big boo-boo, and I know that we always learning on this podcast, so I know I'm, I wasn't really stressing it, but I was very frustrated at myself. This is probably like the second time I've ever done this in my career, which is I lost footage from one of the oh. cameras. Oh, my goodness. So my podcast, well, episode 10, for my camera, it, it's trash. It's, it's gone. I, I can't get it back, but you are the star on that episode. But the audio, bam, people... Bam, bam. People will never know. People will never know on the audio. But the truth is that these are our learning curves. But I just want to talk about this for a second because this audio thing was such a learning curve for me mm-hmm. because I, I this isn't necessarily like my specialty is the audio portion, but it felt so good to get through that damn learning curve. It yeah. took me a long time because I, I probably I, I did one specific podcast five times. And that it's so tedious to do that. But at any rate, I'm so proud of that. So no kid, at any rate, moving <laughs> forward, 
the damn audio and the video on YouTube will be so much better. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to see episode 11 will be the first one where it's it's perfect, guys. And I'm very proud of it. So that's, cool. that's my moment. Go ahead, brother. What you got? Well, you know, I, I think one of the most important parts that we've been discussing constantly throughout this pandemic is how much we've had to learn, how yep. much we've had to grow. And, you know, as we've just been on this journey, this mission, we're, we're going through YouTube and we're learning these things on, on how to do better production, how to yeah. get the word out there, how to upload it, how to get on different the platforms. The live streaming, the um, distribution, you know, the, the whole nine, which is has, Everything. Has, has been incredible. But we have some great feedback from the podcast that, that we've we've seen so far. So um, we're excited. I can't wait to get this shit um, on Facebook so people can see the full episodes. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, you know what I, I was thinking? You know, I don't know how you feel about this, but we should openly talk about like some of the things that we want to do. Okay. You know, and 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 this podcast. Where are you going with this, Dana? The, like, like, what kind of? <laughs> I know we sitting a little close tonight. Nah, but <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm not. You know, where are you going with this? I, I know your last name, Lucker. I ain't trying a, to get that lucky. I'm a married man. Uh, hey, <laughs> no kids tonight. No, no kids tonight. <laughs> Oh, man. Needing some good vibes. We are getting ready to open a German food trailer. What you got for that, brother? Hey, you know what? Congratulations. Congrats. You are getting ready to open up a food trailer. We're just reading the comments also through our IG Live right now. Yeah, if you're listening on audio, that was me reading the comments. Go ahead. But congratulations. You know what? The, The best thing you can do is stick to what you're doing. If there's any mistake I've made in running restaurants is changing the concept. Stick to the concept. Don't change it. Stick with your menu. And I still change them, right, because I'm so OCD. But, you know, you have to you have to just stay true to who you are. And you know what? You're going to you're going to kill it. Believe in yourself. You're going to work harder for yourself than anybody else ever will. Yo, That right there gave me such a different vibe than any other podcast what we've done before. Because we're able to give that live feedback interaction with mm-hmm. entre- other entrepreneurs that are on their journey. Absolutely. That was dope. That was dope. All right, so let me hit you back with, with my thoughts, okay? So the topics tonight, we, ha- we had a couple topics. But, you know, my whole goal, and I even had a speech a couple years ago where I made this, you know, declaration like, I want to make this documentary for Brother Luck. And I've told you this for a long time. And and we actually discussed this previously today, so this is kind of why I'm just feeding us into this. Um, please bring back the chicken and waffles. Church, amen. Talk to them. Who's that? Jojo. I'm talking. Jojo, I need to rock with you. Everybody, Jojo is, is real. So going back to what I'm thinking about, okay, I want to openly discuss, like, some ideas that, that we can look back at when we, you know, accomplish some of these goals and kind of see the the early beginnings of the creation of such, you know, what I'm just going to go ahead and call a masterpiece. Because we're trying to create a masterpiece in this documentary because, I mean, to be honest, I have so much film that I've been itching to create, you know, something that I've never created. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, these five-minute films, ten-minute films that I've created, you know, they're like my tester short films, like if I could really do it. You know, and then, you know, I want to be able to create something special that you know, clearly tells a story. And that story is yours, brother. So, you know, today our topic is a little different, okay? Okay. We're diving into um, a little bit of an open discussion of, you know, and I'm going to interview you here. We're going to talk and bounce back and forth, like what you see, how we could do it. And we're going to kind of map out 
a documentary with our fans. How's that sound? I, I think that no looks given. That's that hashtag no looks given. Hashtag right no looks. But you know what? Let's 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 really bring it back to how this conversation started today. Yeah. So so you and I were talking with one of your colleagues. Yep. About doing a scripted series. Yep. And we started talking about the documentary, and I was like, "Well, you know, I want to do a documentary based on my story." And his response, yep. which still irks me to this still day, was, sticks. He said, he said, this well, is crazy. <laughs> he goes, I don't know who you are, so why would I watch it? Mm. And that made me think, you know, I haven't been able to let that go. Yeah. I don't know who you are, so why would I watch why it? Why would I watch it? And, you know, I think there's an assumption that because you have somewhat of a platform when it comes to social media, yeah. that you think people know your story. Right. So, in reality, it's just snippets. People mm-hmm. have very small clips. Right. Oh, this is so story. good. T's with us. I, yes. I love this, T. This is they, great. They have small clips of the story, right? If you rocked with me on TV, on, on Food Network or Bravo, you saw small clips of who I am. If you follow me on social media, you get a small clip. But in reality, the story is so deep mm, and powerful. I love this. This is so and it's, good. And it's how I've gotten to where I'm at. And it's not been easy. There's a lot of struggle there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of perseverance. There's a lot of courage. Right. And there's a lot of determination. Right. And I think the fact that we can put together a film that showcases that and Those tells that story. Yeah. And, and it's a collection of the people that love me, the people right. that are around me, right. the people that have been here. Right. We talk about you need to do an interview with Tina. She knows me better than anyone. Right. My mom. That's that's somebody who's going to give you a real story. If you you want good content, you got to you got to interview my mom. Yeah. Right. And even my mother in law, she's getting ready to show up. She's going to be here. I'm so excited. My in-laws are coming. They're going to be here for the next little bit. They show up tomorrow. That would be a good person. She took me in. Yeah. Right. At, at 17, 16, 17 years old. Like that's a piece of the story that I think is really good. So, you know, we want to put together this 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 storyline, this this documentary to share on why we are celebrating where we're at right now, because it's been a really, really long journey. I mean, I told somebody today I've been in this industry 25 years. You're right. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a career. I'm, I'm getting ready for for pension. I feel like that's like that 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 could be kind of like um that that segue intro it's like you know I've been in the industry for 25 years but it it didn't start here and then we take a dive into that the mm-hmm. early beginnings. Um so answer that question why are we celebrating where we are now? I think we're celebrating because we've overcome, right? We've beaten the odds. Right. Amen. We're not supposed to be where we are right now. The statistics show you should probably be in jail or you should probably be dead. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the common outcome, especially during that, that generation. So, you know, to get to this point of business ownership, of mentorship, of, of, of some type of fame or recognition or clout, Right. of notoriety, um, to have the means to yep. take care of and support people in the community, Yep. right? That is is what it's about. And I think those pieces are so powerful because we are so involved with so many different things. It's, it's hard to just, you know, and we don't talk about them. I mean, you know, we don't do it to talk about them, which is why you don't hear them all the time. But there's, there's a lot of things that we're able to do now because of, 
the experiences. Yeah. Right. We've been through this crazy journey. It gave us some type of, of structure to get to this point. I like that. So like where you come from, like where you're raised, like some of the background. So like in, in a, um, a couple bullet points, like what are some, I, I think we kind of know a couple of them, but what are some bullet points, um, high level here, not, you don't have to get too deep, but um, that y- you would like to dive into in regards to like, you know, the environment you were raised, where you come from, mm-hmm. that that early beginnings, childhood, what, yeah. what kind of things, you know, would you like highlighted or what kind of stories come to your mind? Well, I think, you know, you have to start with the joy. Every, every child has joy. Mm. They, they know nothing else, right? Yo, that's, cr- that's crazy. It's, it's, it's raw and it's innocence. And that innocence is, is something that is sometimes tainted by life, by mm. reality, by people. And yeah. I think, you know, when you go into my story and you kind of touch on the beginning of, of being raised in San Francisco and, you know, having both my parents and, you know, really getting to enjoy this, this, this amazing city and the lifestyle that came with growing up in the inner city. And then the tragedy strikes, mm-hmm. right? My father passed away when I was 10 years old. So my mom, my brother, and myself were, were the only ones left. And that's when things, you knew things changed. You had to grow up really quick, right, to survive, to, to protect yourself, to protect your brother, to, to protect your family. Yeah. So, you know, you, you develop an edge and you lose that innocence. Mm. And, and losing that innocence is where everything changes. Talk about that edge. And um, I want to go back to T's comment here in a second. Um, she says nature versus nurture. Absolutely. Well, like, let's talk about that real quick. Well, you know, just naturally growing up in your environment, right? You're just a part of the environment. Yeah. And you're nurtured mm. by your parent. Right. But when that's tainted, when that's gone, wow. what happens? Wow. Right? Whoa. You now have to fight within right. nature. That's deep. Oh, that's deep. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> All right. So then let's talk about, like, okay, I'm I'm digging here. I'm just going to keep taking notes. Um. When you talk about like the edge that you had to build, like talk about that time period and tell me about um, what it was that, what edge did you create or, um, you know, put up at that time? You know, for me, for me, the the edge where it comes from was, you know, I I lived with a a lot of older cousins, a lot of, of, of grown men. And the constant thought process was you need to be hard to survive this neighborhood, to survive this lifestyle that we live, that we're around. You need to be hard, right? Yeah. Hardened to, to survive in the streets. That, that toughness, right? That mental toughness yeah. takes some type of training, mm-hmm. right? You got to go through a boot camp yeah. to get that toughness. So, you know, that, that's where physical abuse starts, that's where verbal abuse starts because it, you're being taught to, to have a thick skin, to, to, to be able to handle what's going to come at you in the world. Now, for a 10-year-old, right, to go through that type of, of experience, you've lost every bit of childhood. Mm. Now you think about the people that you're around because these are grown men, right? right? These are people that... They've already they've already been raised by these streets or they've already been inserted into into the world, but you're watching. 
Right. These are your examples. Yeah, you're learning. Right? You're learning the the music you're listening to, the actions that they do, the the characteristics that they have. You emulate. Yeah. You emulate until you eventually find yourself. So you want to be tough like them. You want to be hard like them. So when you go into the into the world, whether that's school or that's the neighborhood, you're going to carry that edge because that's what you're being taught yeah. is what you need to, to have because right. somebody is looking to take something from you. Right. And right. you've got to protect it at all times. Right, right, they right. don't have it, so I'm going to take it. Right. That's a mentality right. that is extremely hard to grow up in. Right. Because now you don't you don't want to have nice things because you know you're going to have to defend them. Right. Kill or be killed. Right. Which is wh- which is where I think a lot of survival, a lot of the survival uh, or the, the the lack of feeling like you're you deserve something. Right. That victim's mentality we've been talking about. Yeah. Comes from. Right. Right. You don't want to have nice stuff because you don't want to have to defend it all the time. Right. Right. If you wear some jewelry in the street or you got a nice car or whatever, you have some nice clothes or some good shoes. Somebody wants it. Somebody wants it because they don't have it. Right. And it's a it's a dog eat dog mentality. Yep. I like that. That, I mean, I don't I don't like that. You have to go through that. But I like that um, breakdown. So like for me, um, I was writing down like, you know, the older cousins is what you gravitated gravitated towards. You know, it was a hard environment. But you mentioned that you lost your childhood. Um, explain like some of the things that, you know, maybe that led you to like, what, what were some of the things that you were going through? Um, tell me about an event or even like, like he, here might be a good part to mention, like, um, who was like your buddy at that time that could test that that could tell like a, some of this side, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who comes to your mind? You know, there, there's certain family members that that comes to definitely my my cousin Q is, is somebody that stands out um, as somebody who understands that thought process because we were so close in age but but what what I mean by losing the innocence is you know I, th- I think any child that experiences the loss of a parent whether it's to sickness or violence or whatever it is you're scarred mm. You're, there's no going back from that. You've lost someone who's supposed to protect you. Right. And that's the closest person that you're going to have. Right. And, you know, for me, losing a parent at such a young age, you you realize that you are now the the head of household or the, the, the man of the house. Yeah. You got to be a man, right? Or you got to be a grown woman at that point. Right. Because you don't have the option of not being, there's nobody there to stand up for you and right. protect you. Right. So, you know, for me, that that's a big piece. Okay. Uh, I, I got that. Um, okay. Let's, let's keep going here. So, you know, we want to start with the joy and then you, we go into some of the pain um, of your childhood, um, you know, gaining the edge with their father passing away. Um, and I think your mother would be a good one here. Um, who else? I, I don't know if T, T could, you know, tell some of these stories like like wh- who else comes to your mind in regards to that could really um, tell these stories in regards to this space and time? You know, the, the tough part about that is is I've always been I've always been a very isolated person mm-hmm. and it's because I never wanted to be taken advantage of. So mm. I never had close relationships. Yeah. With, you know, I didn't have a best friend growing up. 
Wow. I don't, I don't, there's nobody in my world that I look at as like, oh, I, that's my friend from childhood, from playground. Really? I don't have that person. No But shit. a lot of it is because we were always moving. Yeah. We yeah, were getting yeah. kicked out of places. We, right. we couldn't afford places. We okay. were always on the move. So I was always the new kid in school. I was always in a new neighborhood moving around the entire Bay Area. Right. So right. living in Oakland, living in Alameda, living in Concord, living in Vallejo, living in Pittsburgh, like all over California and Northern California, we were always in a new, I did, like, I didn't go to, I didn't go to the same school for more than a year until I was a junior in high school. No kidding. That's deep, man. That's deep. When you say like, you can't really pinpoint of a childhood friend um, that hit my heart, but it does bring in the the fact that you were moving around a lot. You know, that's another part of the struggle of the childhood. And um, T talks about, and you were angry. Um, Absolutely. So, and then that's, that's the other thing that I think, you know, we can talk about, you know, maybe with, with your um, family in regards to like those emotions that you were going through and from their point of view of how they saw it. You know what I mean? Um, So let's, let's move on to the next, next phase, because I do think like we're, we're building here, you know, that's kind of the, the background like, you know, and then we get into like, um, at least from my p- perspective, kind of where T comes in and, and helps out with her and her family. <laughs> and then you get into like the um, culinary journey, mm-hmm. like speak about like some of those next steps and the gaps that I'm completely missing. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was definitely an angry adolescent. Yeah. Extremely angry. And I, I want to go back to this real quick. I remember you used to say you just want a headphones and a hoodie and you were mad at the world. Absolutely. I didn't like the world. That's the vision. That's the picture I had when you started the, that's the sentence. 100%. If, if there's any imagery that describes where my head was at was I was an angry kid with headphones and a hoodie on. Yeah. I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to interact. Yeah. You know, and I found ways to numb myself, right? Whether mm-hmm. it was drugs or it was it was through... You know, the the people I was around and the things we were doing, there was there were so many ways to numb yourself from reality. But music with the headphones was an escape, right? Yeah. The books that I was reading were an escape from the reality, which is where I really submerged myself. Yeah. So, you know, I, was, I always felt very educated, but I just I didn't want to trust I because I didn't want to experience loss again. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big piece. You know, my anger carried for so long because i just didn't care i didn't care about the future i didn't care about what what i was going to do once i got through school i didn't care about going to school Mm. it was more interesting to hang out in the neighborhood and be around the pimps and the, the 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 women who were working the corners and the drug dealers and you know the people banging like it was so much more interesting to be around them and learn from them yeah. Than to be in school. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like school. Plus, I never fit in. You know, yeah. I think that was the, the toughest part. I think being a biracial person yeah. is extremely tough because you don't fit into either class. Yeah. You right? You're never, not you're not uh, black enough. You're not, you're not black white enough, enough or you're not white enough. You, you and at least that's that was my experience. So hey, we two light skinned bros. We get the same thing, man. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But, you know, growing up as a biracial person, I never felt like I fit in. And I was always the new kid in school. And you can't hide 
when when your name is unique like mine. My name right. is Brother, Brother Luck. Right. That's my real name. That's my birth name. So yeah. when I would go into a new school on the first day, the teacher would do roll call first period, and right. she'd be like, "Brother, Brother Luck." Right. And she would say it with a question, so right. the entire class would turn around and look around, at me. Find where Brother is. And I was getting in a fight by lunchtime. Right. Because. The anger was there. I wasn't, right. you know, you have to establish yourself mm -hmm. all over again. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it, it was just, it was that constant mindset of just getting into trouble and not living in reality. And that, that's what actually led me to culinary, mm. which is crazy. So when I was, when I was 16 years old, um, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona and I moved to Phoenix and the, the, the counselor during that summer when I was enrolling, said, hey, you qualify for a vocational school. We can put you in a program where you can go learn a skill. And you would do half your skill or you do half your, your day uh, in the morning, and then you would go learn the trade in the afternoon at a different school. And I was like, that sounds cool. What kind of classes you got? So I started going through wow. the classes. I hope people pick that up. That's the, that's the turning point. It was the turning point. It truly was. You know, and I, I, had, I had been in kitchens before. I'd worked in kitchens before. Right. I had taken home ec before. I'd done well in home ec, right? Because right. it was always free lunch. That was my thought process. It wasn't like I want to be a chef. It was I'm hungry. Right. I don't have no money. Right. I'm, I'm going to eat in this class. Right, right. So that was always my thought process going into these programs. So when the teacher came across culinary arts and said, this is a program, I said, well, I've heard that term before. I home, actually, a home ec teacher my sophomore year had told me to go to culinary school. Mm. And I remembered her saying that. Her name was Mrs. Kimbrough. I'll never forget this. What's her name? Mrs. Kimbrough. Shout out you, Mrs. Kimbrough. And uh, she said, you should go to culinary school. And I had no idea what that meant. I brushed it off. I went to recess. I went to lunch, wherever I went. And when I when we were going through the programs with the counselor, she said, you know, you can go to culinary. And I remember that. So I was like, is that like cooking? She was like, yeah, it's like home ec. I was like, perfect. That's free lunch. I'm probably going to get to, to, you know, learn something. And that was that was literally what sent me to, to a vocational program in downtown Phoenix. So I went in the morning. I went to school uh, at the regular high school to take general studies. But then in the evening or excuse me, in the afternoon, I would take a bus, a school bus, all the way down to 19th Avenue in Thomas, and I went to a program called MetroTech. And MetroTech was a vocational school where all the schools in the Phoenix area would actually ship their students to this one school to learn trades. So they had like, you know, you could learn to how to be an auto mechanic, you could learn how to be uh, cosmetology, you could do um, military, there was, you know, uh, hospitality, there were so many different programs, but culinary arts was one of them. I got in this program my junior year in high school, and it was the first time that I had uh, an opportunity with a positive male role model, and mm. that was powerful for me. You know, that was a moment where they gave me discipline. Yeah, I didn't have discipline up. You know, from from ten to sixteen, there was no discipline in my life. Mm. I did whatever I wanted. Wow! Right, so that that was a turning point because now these chefs. Or challenging me, right? Yeah. They were saying, you know what? Break down this chicken. This is how you do it. This is how you sharpen a knife. Yeah. This is how you do all of this stuff. So <laughs> Tina says 16 and 25. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big part for me was was learning was learning how to follow direction, right? 
yeah. how to be encouraged. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing the chef says, you need to get a job. That was so important to me because I was bored. Phoenix is hot. I don't know if you ever been to Phoenix. Phoenix is hot. Yeah. Like today it's 122 degrees outside. Whoa. That's that's summertime. Hot dog. Yeah. Right. And I moved there in the summer. So I was like, man, I'm not going outside. Okay. You yeah. can't go hang out with nobody because right. it's too hot to go hang outside. Right. And you went to Phoenix specifically for school. Yeah. So my, how did you get to Phoenix? So uh, we had some we had some some friends that lived down there. Um, my mom was trying to really get her stuff together. Yeah. Uh, she got a job down there. So we relocated down to Phoenix. See, this is what I need to know. So we moved to Phoenix. I didn't really know anyone in Phoenix. And uh, I started applying for jobs. Right. I applied at Best Buy, applied at Foot Locker, like all the jobs you want to have. Right. Right. Nobody would call me back. Yeah. I eventually walked into this restaurant called Wingers. And Wingers was this, I mean, it was, it was, I could walk to it from my house in, in West Phoenix. And it was on 75th Avenue in Thomas. And I walked in and I applied for a job and I applied for a, uh, I applied for a server position, ironically. And the manager, when he interviewed me, because he interviewed me on the spot, he saw that I had uh, Metro Tech as my education in culinary arts. And he said, well, you're a culinary student. I was like, eh, I mean, I just started. He goes, well, I'd like to put you in the kitchen. So he put me in the kitchen as a dishwasher slash cook. We did all the dishes and we cooked. Like that yeah. was our job. And, you know, you're dropping wings and making burgers and nothing fancy. But, you know, it was, it was a, 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 a simple concept. Yeah. That's where I met Tina. She was a waitress. Oh, my God. Your first job in Phoenix at Wingers? At Wingers. That's where I met Tina. She was a waitress. Oh, I know T is smiling right <laughs> now. That's cute. And she was sassy. That's she was adorable. so sassy. She, <laughs> she, came in, <laughs> she came into the window and immediately made fun of my name. But then she was like, <laughs> you know, but then, but then you know, or I might have made fun of her name, whatever it was, because Tina's maiden name is Turner. Right? Tina Turner. So somehow we got on this like, you know, banter. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I just I was enamored. Like this woman had confidence. She was strong. Yeah. And uh, you know, didn't want nothing to do with me. Right. At all. Like wasn't interested at all. But, you know, eventually we started dating and uh her mom is the one that actually gave me a place to live. Um she totally she totally saw potential in me that I didn't see in myself. That's beautiful. Right? And I was at that point, I think I was, I this was going. Is, this is Tina's mom. Go uh -huh. ahead. Break it down for me one more I was, time. I was, I was going into my senior year, and uh, Tina and I were just starting to really date. And uh, So you're about 17 right now. I was about 17. All and right. uh, I wanted to compete for scholarships. That was yeah. my focus at that point. That whole summer, I was taking hospitality classes. I was doing etiquette lessons. I was sitting down with a counselor, learning how to interview properly, because my goal at the end of the summer was to get a real job in a, in a, in a more high-end restaurant. I wanted to cook in a more high-end restaurant, because that's where the chefs at school were pushing me. Yeah. So um, at the end of the summer, I started applying at all these different places. I ended up working at the Hyatt. Uh, I got a job in the, in the upscale restaurant at the Hyatt, and, uh, and her mom saw my potential. Right. Mm -hmm. She saw something in me that that I didn't see in myself. And I was I was staying at my mom's house. But, you know, I was I was all over the place. Wasn't the best environment at the time. And her mom said, you know what, if you go to school, you can stay here. 
Mm. That was the rule she put to me. Yeah. And it gave me it gave me an outlet. I always talk to a lot of young young people in in high school and and the one thing that I always tell them is you truly are the company you keep and the environment that you're in. Yeah. If you surround yourself with those people, that's how you're going to act, that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to feel peer pressure from. Yeah. Getting out of that environment and getting away from those people gave me the opportunity to see a different light, a different world. And it gave me a chance to focus, right? Cuz right. when you come when you come home and people are in the kitchen shooting dice and smoking blunts and 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 doing all the the nonsense that that's the lifestyle, you're not going to go do no homework. Right. You don't, you don't care to I don't care anything about doing homework. Right. So, you know, for me having the outlet to go to their house, mm. it felt like an actual, you know, piece of structure. It felt like yeah. some family. Yeah. And I was just, I, I didn't, I, I didn't really know. Cause I didn't know love at that point. This is deep, bro. I've, I, I fuck with you, man. I love you, dog. That, all right. All right. All right. So let's bring it back, man. So her mom saw your potential and she let you live there. And, um, that leads me to ask her mom, her mom questions like, what was it that, that, that she saw? Or I would ask you, what, what do you think that she saw in you? What, how, how did she see that? You know, her, my mother-in-law is, is an amazing woman. She, she is the most giving person and will never put herself first. Mm. She wants to help everybody. And that, and she actually passes that on to Tina because Tina is the same way. And giving me that chance, just that option. Right. Cause I had a car at that point, you know, I was, I, I might stay there a night, but like I lived out the trunk of my car, yeah. right. All my clothes were in the trunk of my car. Everything I owned was in the trunk. Like my cousins couldn't take my stuff if it was in my car. Cause I had the keys. Mm-hmm. So everything was there. I just slept on the bed at the house. Yeah. So, you know, for me having the option to go to their house gave me a chance to kind of focus. And I would sit at the kitchen table and I would like, you know, work on my knife skills I might make stock on the stovetop at their you house. Were practicing your craft. I was practicing, right? That's key. Because the chefs were putting me into cooking competitions. Yeah, so you were practicing the skills or whatever it is at that time that what what am I trying to say? That skill set mm-hmm. or um I don't know what the I'm I'm looking for a word. It's not coming. At any rate, like you're I was practicing. putting in work. I was yeah. putting in work. But you know what? I I, I had an outlet technique. to do that. God, techniques. A technique. You're practicing the techniques. By the end of that senior year, all the, all the opportunity that I had at that point, I had I had competed so much. I had earned thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Then that, that straight out of high the, school to the scholarship. So okay. I had thirty thousand dollars to go to cooking school, and that's when her mom turned up the heat and was like, "You need to focus." Okay, let's let me let me pull 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 it back, okay? Because we we sped through this, okay? Um, this is deep, so this is like the background and the start, and I'm gonna do a high level recap for all of our listeners here, okay? Um, and and then I'm gonna ask a question for you, okay? So just like, why are we celebrating where we are now? Because it's our over it's our celebration of success, all the things we've overcome. And it's like, you know, then we take a step and we dive into like where you actually come from, how you were raised, what are those trial and tribulations that created who you are today? And, you know, the highlight that I have here is that we want to start with the joy. I love that. Um, And you actually mentioned the kid analogy 
um, is just so pure. And uh, that one stuck with me. But then it goes into like your background and history, um, San, San Francisco, um, your childhood, some of the um, you know, trials and tribulations there. But then we dive into like the vocational school and that led you in a direct path. Um, meeting T at Wingers and then also uh, having the opportunity to live at T's house with her mom. Inside of that, okay, inside of that high-level recap, is there any stories that stick out to you or memories that you remember that, you know, that really highlight this time period? Any memories or stories that come to your mind? I mean, I found love. I, mm. I think that's the most important thing out of all of it, you know. I didn't know love. I didn't know how to love, and I didn't know how to be loved. But it wow. still happened for me. Wow! Right, that's deep. And we I'm got. I'm glad this is being recorded. I'm over here taking <laughs> notes, forgetting that it's being recorded. But this is good for me. Go ahead. Well, we got we got married at 19. Well, I, I was 19. Yeah. And we got married. And 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 I Yo, was. Oh, that's beautiful. That's oh my god, that's beautiful. <laughs> That's that's a part of the story is yeah, is absolutely is that that joy mm-hmm. you found love and yeah. you found you found a way to accept love mm-hmm. and then to give love yeah and you know, tea and, first and, and and the beauty was it, it that's was, fucking beautiful it was it was we built trust right it started there but her family I got chills. Her family brought me in, right? They embraced me. And that was yeah. something I didn't I didn't really know family. I, I'd really lost a, a connection to my own family at that time. Yeah. And her family embracing me really changed my life. Yeah. Because it made me feel like I could actually be a person. Mm. I didn't have to be this hardened street kid. Right. With this edge and 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 this constant anger and, you know, I'm ready to fight and I'm ready to take on whatever. Her family and and Tina made me feel like I didn't have to wear that no more. Wow. It's still a piece of who I am for sure. It's still to this day a piece of who I am. But But I learned that exhale. I learned I didn't have to be that person every day. Yeah. You could drop that, you know, and and that was, I mean, I got introduced to so many things with that. Yo, I keep getting chills. I keep getting chills. This is so important. It's why I am who I am, um, 100%, to to who I am today. Because, you know, that that process, and and you got to think, Tina and I have been together 21 years at this point. Right. Right? We've we've been on, there's no new stories. We've been on this journey together where we've grown up together. Right. right. I, I know I've known Tina more than than anybody else in this world. And the confidence comes from the relationship. It right. comes from the love. Right. And and that moment of wingers to culinary scholarship is such an important timeline for me. Because that's that that's, was a turning that's point. That's coming around the bend. That was the turning point. Yeah. I made a choice that I wanted to do better. I wanted to make her proud. I wanted to make her parents proud. Right. Because they were embracing me. I wanted to make my chefs proud at school because they were embracing me. Yeah. And then that pushed me into the next phase of my life, which was my career. Yeah. Right. So going to culinary school. Yeah. Being on a cooking competition team with Mm -hmm. a coach. Yeah. 
going into the Hyatt and and becoming a manager. I mean, I was a manager by the time I was 19. I was a, I ran I was in charge of 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 three different restaurants in a 700 room hotel at 19 with probably a staff of about 35 people. Right. 19 years old. Mm. So, you know, that's for, that's incredible. I've always that, carried myself as a as a much older person and a more mature person, but it's because I had to grow up so fast. Right, right, right. right? I did so much nonsense by the time I was 18. I didn't have any desire to turn into that person once you got out the nest. I had been out the nest. So That's I didn't so real. I didn't have that college experience. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have, have to do I that. Didn't, I didn't have to. I was already done with it. I was it. already in it. So I, I was a grown-up by the time Not I was 18. Not by choice. Right. And, you know, I was still a kid. Which is crazy. But I thought I was a grown-up at that point. And 100%. You know, my career is definitely that next phase of it, of, you know, working with Hyatt and going through those phases, graduating college and graduating culinary school, um, you know, us going off on our own, right? Moving to San Antonio, moving away from her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's dive into that. So you get married with T, talk about that next step, um, that next phase mm-hmm. uh, around that corner. Talk about that. Go ahead. You said San Antonio. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got really sick. I almost died. Um I got I got double pneumonia. Um, I didn't go to the doctor until it was almost late, too late, and I got admitted to the hospital. Where is this? Where this is this? This is in Phoenix. This is still in Phoenix. Yeah, I think I was about twenty-one at the time, uh, or, or right before my twentieth birth, twenty-first birthday, and uh, I got extremely sick, and I spent two weeks in a in a, in a hospital bed. Um, really fighting for my life. I mean, they couldn't get my lungs under control. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was a scary moment. Like there was a moment where I woke up, you know, four or five days in and the pastor was praying over me. Mm. Like I came out of it and there's a pastor standing over you. And, uh, that whole time the Hyatt kept calling my hotel room because they wanted me to transfer to another property they were i think i was i was either lake tahoe or or dallas they wanted me to go to and um i mean i was dying but it was like the corporate corporate didn't care yeah they still go yeah they wanted you to to do what they wanted to do you know you had started to express interest and commit to a position so you know it was it was one of those moments where like you know tina answered the phone and lost it on them and uh Shout out UT. You always stand up, be real. She did. She stood up for me. Um, but eventually I got out. I got I got better and I accepted a transfer to um I accepted a transfer to San Antonio as the uh chef de cuisine at the Hyatt Hill Country Resort. Yeah. So we packed up, we drove to San Antonio, and uh <laughs> we drove to San Antonio. Uh we left her family, we left our friends at that time, and um we, this we started a whole you, new life in San Antonio. Trans, you transferred, and that's how you got to San Antonio. That, yeah, I took a transfer with Hyatt. So, um, And then you and T started on your own at that time. Yeah, and you know, the, the thing about that is this is where I really felt like God came into my life because, mm. you know, I had been struggling with religion for a long time. I had a lot of anger about my spirituality. I felt like, you know, my parent was taken from me. Why? It made no sense. I was left to fend you know, to fend for myself in the world. And, uh, I don't know, man, there was just this piece of me that, that it felt like, uh, God was calling me. Yeah. And, um, I think we're going to leave it there. 
What? <laughs> what? No. You left. You left no. me. No, we we got to leave it there. You know, the, San Antonio is another very important turning point for Tina and myself, and and what we went through, and 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 how God came into our lives and changed our lives together. Wow. And I think that's where we should continue the discussion. That's deep. That's deep. We're going to continue this. This this podcast flew by. Like, I, I looked over earlier, and it said 35 minutes. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> I didn't even realize that we're, you know, 45 minutes deep into the podcast. Um, let, let's just recap. Hold on. Let, let's take a step back. Because you threw me for a loop. I didn't know we was going to do that. That was a good one. <laughs> and T, I see how you are you really the producer She's here. The producer. You are the producer, and we all know the truth. Um, so, yes, I wrote down a few things, and I just want to bring it back to kind of, you know, do our recap, okay? Um, you know, you moved to Phoenix. Her mom saw some potential in you. Um, you're aiming to get the scholarship, but this is where you found love, where you mm-hmm. embrace love. And you even said, I didn't know love. I didn't know how to love or how to receive it. Um, that's not your exact quote, but that's, that's what I got from it. Yeah. Um, the video will pull it back better than that. Um, that was deep. And then this is where you, you found love and got married with T. Yeah. And then the San Antonio, when you're moving to San Antonio, after you got sick. Now, now I, I, w- I was um, a little distracted here. I know you got double pneumonia and you were in Phoenix and you got sick. What, what happened there? Like, what, w- Recap that for me. So yeah, I got I got I got double pneumonia. Um, and you almost paired with died. My asthma paired with your asthma. Yep. You've told me that they could before. they couldn't get my my lungs under control. So you know, there, five days I got worse I and worse and worse. My oxygen levels were extremely low. Yeah, uh, my fever was extremely high, and uh, you know I I lost. I mean I, I lost a lot of weight during that time, and and I, it was it was a it was a scary moment. No, I th- I, this is beautiful because T just said something. She said, I think brother found potential in himself, and then my mom saw that. And this is something that I was thinking about earlier was um, at that time, you took, you took upon a responsibility to, you know, whether, whether it was to make sure it's for T's mom or whether it is for T or for yourself and your family, but you took a responsibility to change the direction of what you wanted your life to be. Yeah. Well, and I think there's there's a lot of a depth to that, which, you know, we'll explore down the road. But In San Antonio? No, no, no. In, in Phoenix, around that time, I, yeah. I, I was around a lot of violence. Yeah. And I saw a lot of things that no teenager should see. I was involved in a lot of things that no teenager should be involved in. Yeah. And that time was a moment where you make a decision. Do you want to continue down this path? Because the people you're around are doing things that are unforgivable. Yeah. Right. There's no coming back once you once you walk down that road. Right. And you make that decision. You have to live with that the rest of your life. Right. And the things that I was going through at that time was scary. Mm. Right. And I, I that fear that I this found. Is, this is 1617 mm-hmm. in Phoenix. That, that fear that I found is what forced me to want something else. I didn't want to be around. So that I took fear. cooking 
extremely serious at that point because, because that was your escape. I saw it was an outlet. It was an yeah, escape. Yeah. I knew I couldn't make the military. My right. my, my respiratory issues were with were, asthma. I, there's no way I would ever be able to join the military. Right. So I had to find something to get out of that. Yeah. And cooking was that was was that and I got shamed for it. You know, I got I got cut off. I got disconnected. I got revoked. Yeah. Because I was going to cooking school. I was going to class. Yeah, you was being corny. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't cool. That wasn't what we do. Right, 100%. Which is hard when, you know. Super tough when you're trying to better yourself. Yeah. And that's the. But you you need that protection. Right, from the environment. From the environment. Yeah, we talked about it uh, last week, and we kind of titled it like the haters and stuff. But um, I I was just thinking earlier, and this kind of pulls back to that. Like the people that are around you, it's it's a lot of times it's the talk, like that's all that it is. It's like the gossip and the the flack that you get, and that's what I that's what I um take away from that is like when you try to do good, people are not going to openly receive it, Absolutely especially not. not with that environment because it's like when you pull up in that nice car, oh you got what they don't. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, that's, think, that's, think about it this way. That's too. crazy. You know, at the end of the day, you come in this world alone, you're going to leave this world alone. Right. Right. That's a fact. There's there's no fact, though. regardless of the love you find, the people that you have, the family that you have, the friends that you have, yeah. the possessions that you've earned. You're still going to leave by yourself. So yep. at some point in your life, you have to make the decision that you are going to be you and you are going to take responsibility for you. You're yeah. going to make the choices for you. Nobody yeah. else. Yeah. And and it takes some people a really long time to find that confidence to be an individual. There is nothing wrong with being an individual. Be mm. yourself. Be true to you because there is only one you. There's only one and you. And that was something that because I had been such a loner and I had been so separated from, from people because I didn't trust it was easy for me to say, I don't care what you think. Right. Right. You, right. I mean, you can you can call me whichever, whatever you want to call me, but I'm still going to do me. Right. That was something that was really hard for me, but also really easy for me. Right. And I did it at a very young age. Some people are still living today where they can't make that choice. Right. Right. They're so concerned about what their family's going to say or right. or what their friends are going to say right. that they can't be themselves. Be you. Right. right. Be you. Separate yourself from the pack. Be the individual because there is only one you. That's so damn powerful. I love that. Look, man, I always um, want to leave somebody with with tips and advice and something inspiration. I feel like you just did that like by nature, um, which is be you be original. There's only one you, and I felt you being very passionate about, um, like, being free with that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there is a lot of backlash for somebody trying to be original or authentically them. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like you dealt like dealt with that. Yeah. And that now on the other side, you can inspire somebody else to do this. Yeah, same. I'm never gonna let someone limit my potential, ever. Yeah, my my potential is limitless. And it's because I choose it to be limitless. I choose to have whatever I want to accomplish at the grasp of my fingertips. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and and that's what we need more people to embrace. Yeah. Don't be scared. 
to go for it, right? And if you're scared, embrace the fear and still go for it. But you get one shot. And, you know, as someone who's experienced a lot of loss in my life, I'm very, very aware of how short-term life actually is. Yeah. So you got you to gotta take every moment that you have to just do something special and be you and, and love and enjoy life and Seize enjoy the moment. It's, it's life is a beautiful thing and it's so easy to get caught up yeah. in the fact that it's not right. But you, you you're not, and, I, and it's you know what? I want to say this because you just talked about like the pain and the things that you went through and then to be able to stand here today and, and, and see the light and the beauty in the pain in the process like that alone is heroic like that is um it's beautiful you know because you know in a lot of perspective kind of like what you were saying earlier a lot of people are struggling with this now because they were not forced to deal with it when they were younger like how you had to you got to go through pain yeah you know i love that quote pain is temporary it, it it may last a minute, it may last a year, but eventually it subsides. Yeah. Right? Eric Thomas says that the best. Like, you have to go through pain. You got to face it. You, it's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better. And on the other side of that is where you start to see growth. Yeah. And growth is good. Right? This is growth, man. This is a, a healthy conversation. I love this. This was a deep dive. You know, we uh, definitely highlighted like a time period. Um, I know we're going to overload, you know, the content of what we need for our documentary, but then we'll have to trim it down. You know, like what is important? What do we keep? You know, what is important to the story um, along with, um, you know, timeline? He just said it like it's a it's a very beautiful timeline of what we captured today. Um, So, look, I do always like to leave you know, our listeners, our fans, you know, something to take away every single week, you know, whether it be a tip or advice about life. And today, you know, my question to you, you know, I know you already dropped a gym, which I mentioned prior. Um, I think it's more in regards to people's story. So today we talked about your story. Um, tell us something that you can learn from talking about your story, how we're doing today. You know, my reliving your story is important because you have to be able to see the good and the bad. You 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 have to look at where you were at your most down and how you rose out of it and how you grew beyond it and find hope. But you got to relive those moments because those moments are powerful. You know, I, I we said this earlier, right? I I what, what was it? I never, I can go through life and I'll never lose. I'll mm. only learn. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I learn a lot from myself. I learn a lot from the people that are around me, whether it's my team members, it's my family, uh, my wife, you, like there's so many things that I, I watch and I just try to learn so I can be better. So I can have a better outlook so I can choose because every day is a choice. You get up and you choose to be happy. You choose to be sad. You choose to be angry. You choose yeah. to respond. Yeah. You know, but it's because I've reflected on my story so much that I realize I have a choice. Right. Right. 
And that you had a choice every single day. Every single day. Yeah. I, I had a choice to stay. I love what you just said because looking back at those ups and downs and where you've been, what you've overcome, gives you such a perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Such a perspective and appreciation for what you've been through and what you've accomplished. You know, that reflection period. Uh-oh, T just hit me with a nugget. She says, um, say what you mean and mean what you say. Amen. Wow, that's the power of the tongue. Um, that's deep. That's, that's um, you know, spiritually deep as well. So I, I love that, T. Thank you. Look, man, my, my tip for your story, um, I think I'm going to go a little personal here because I've, I've, I'm still dealing with my timeline, right? Okay. And um, the reason why I ask this question is because I'm starting to talk about about it more Mm -hmm. and it's helping me gain perspective because I've never gotten it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my tip or advice would be is find somebody to trust and get it out a little bit. Yeah. You know, just a little bit for you, you know, and um. Mine are coming through podcasts like this. Mm-hmm. Mine are coming through like conversations and and just challenging um, peers like yeah. yourself um, and Leah. Shout out Leah uh, <laughs> in one of the podcasts. I was talking about a conversation I had with Leah, and she goes, um, "I'm the lady that was you were talking to." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna shout you out every time, Leah. Leah, <laughs> you the best." Um, at any rate, like. These conversations are coming through these, um, or the the um, uh, healing is coming through the conversations that I have, and uh, it's super powerful that in the back of my mind I will never forget that my story isn't even for me, mm. and I thank you for that. Absolutely. So that's what that's what I've been going through in a real time, honest um, feedback here. But that would be my tip is to get it out. That's what's working for me. Mine are coming through podcasts, but yours can come through whatever, um, you know, is handy for you. No, I I love that you just said that because, you know, and I got a couple more years on you. What I went through personally is I was the same way. I held on to it, right? I, you, don't, you don't share. You don't talk about it. You don't show emotion. You don't cry. No. Nope. Right? That You have to be hard. Yep. Right. I carried that mindset for a very long time. And it wasn't until I was in my mid thirties where it finally just I broke. You can only hold on to that pain and and those experiences and, and the trauma that happened to you for so long before eventually it spills out uncontrollably. Hundred percent. Right, and and when it spills out, it's it's going to spill hard, and that's what happened to me. It, I I broke so bad when I finally couldn't hold it in. Yeah, I didn't know what to do, and and the problem was is like even with T, I was ashamed to right. talk about it. Right, because I felt like she would view me as less than a man. Right, right, right. That shame is so so powerful and controlling over you. So you have to get past the shame of your story. That's deep. The shame of your story, there's no real shame. 
you have to understand that that was an experience and and you you have to get past that part the shame is horrible because once you get it out you share it you realize that there's nothing to be shamed about yeah it wasn't really on you right somebody else was the adult in that situation somebody else was in control of that situation most of the times there's something that happened that affected the mindset for yeah. you to do the things that you did or go through the things that you went through. So you got to get past the shame. 100%. Embrace the shame because you know what? You got nothing to be ashamed about. Yep. You are you. You were young. Yep. And you're trying to become an adult. Yeah. And, and, and that's what gets you to the point of being vulnerable to share. Yeah. Going is getting past the shame. Get, going through that growing pain. I'm going to take that, man. No luck's giving, y'all. What the heck y'all think about this podcast on the IG Live? We need some feedback. What are y'all thinking about the conversation? I know y'all tuned in. Drop an emoji. Tell us what y'all thinking. Absolutely. But look, man, brother, this has been a good one. You know, between me and you, um, I always say it. I always say it. This might be my favorite one. <laughs> you this know what? one. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says, this is my favorite one. <laughs> my favorite podcast. This is my new favorite podcast, y'all. All right, y'all. Subscribe to us. No Luck's Given Podcast on Spotify, Apple. Check us out on Chef Brother Luck YouTube. Um, it's your favorite one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, beyond that, guys, look. This one was special. Um, that last section there is 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 so deep and so valuable that like that alone, Lord knows who this could impact today. No, I I hope I hope how we share just helps somebody work through their own story. It, it helps me, man. If look, guys, I I say this all the time. Brother Luck helps me so much with these type of conversations that I wanted to start a podcast <laughs> so we could share it with the world because these gems are not only for me. They're, they're not only for brother. And our stories, look, man, I could cry right now that, look, this is going to impact some people in a positive and powerful way. And we're just so humble and thankful that y'all rocking with us and supporting. And... um what else? What else you got, man? What man. you got going on? How you feeling? Give us, like, you got any final thoughts before we close this? I feel like I can't just close it on that. <laughs> now, you know, I I think the most important part is just to know, like, there's people like myself out there that that got your back, right? And and I might not know you personally. I might not have a, a, a relationship, right? The trust ain't ain't quite there. But you know what? I got your back because my story is like your story, and 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 that pain is shared by so many people. So share your story. Don't be afraid to 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 help somebody else out and and make it not about you. You know, it's it's not about it's not about you. It's about somebody else. And I, I think we we all need to live our lives a little bit more in that light. That that is the perfect ending. Look y'all, like, comment, subscribe, share. No luck's given. I am Danny Keith, official Danny Keith on IG. Danny Keith everywhere else and in my co-host. Yo, Ash Chef Brother Luck across the board. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, man. I, you know what? We put nothing but positivity out there. We want you to feel nothing but blessings, nothing but love. 
And you know what? That's what this is about. Reality and, and, and no fake. No fake No shit. fake. No Raw, fiction. real, authentic. But what is our core principles? Pride, courage, determination, and perseverance. Amen. And that is the story of what we want to share. No luck's given, baby. No luck's given, baby. We out. Peace. The man behind the hustling grind. This is pride, courage, determination, and perseverance. Welcome to No Luck's Giving.